Man, my holiday bills are almost as hard to get rid of as my in-laws. I guess my budget will be my New Year's resolution again. Hi there, friendly S&T banker here. The aftermath of the holidays can be tough. Have you thought about using the equity in your home to consolidate your debt? I can do that? Yep. Home equities are one of the lowest cost financing options. At S&T Bank, we can help you so you can have a financial fresh start. Stop by a branch or visit stbank.com to learn more. S&T Bank. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Good afternoon, Steeler Nation. How we doing? Well, that's good. Me too. Wesley Euler with you here. It is our number two of the Steelers Blitz on SNR on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Also simulcast on 970 ESPN. I'm having fun today. My mom texted me and said, you're full of energy today. Great to know you're always listening, Mom. I appreciate it. I'll be honest with you. You guys know I do the transparency thing, right? I'm very, I'm a very open book on this show. A lot of people who do what I do for a living, they try and put up a facade. They try and put up a persona. I don't. I'm very open and honest with you guys. I think about my emotions with everything, whether it's Steelers-related or otherwise, um, and one of those things is a lot of times I'll tell you when I feel like I'm doing good radio. I'll tell you when I feel like I'm doing a bad show, and I'll be honest with you. I left the studio the last two days thinking, okay, that wasn't terrible, but I didn't think I did my best work the last two days. Didn't think the last two days were my best shows. Again, not terrible. I wasn't thinking like walking out of here being like, man, I really stink. They should fire me. But I felt good about that first hour today. I think that was a good first hour. Let's keep it rolling here. As we go along, I'll try not to mess this thing up and derail all the momentum we've built through the first 60 minutes of the program. More of your tweets in this hour. I want to play a couple things that Kenny Pickett said yesterday in this hour as well, too. But now it's been our favorite thing to do around 1 o'clock on a Thursday as of late. A little segment we call Stranger Stats. Ah, you can hear it building, can't you? Creepy. Now, remember last week when I went to do this, the song didn't loop for me, so it kept throwing me off because the music would stop pausing. So let's hope I double-checked it during break. All right, folks, I'm doing my due diligence. Let's hope the, uh, the music doesn't go kaput on me and throw me off here. It's time for Stranger Stats. Let's talk a little series history between these two storied franchises before we get going here. Uh, These two teams, the Steelers and the Packers, have combined to win 10 Super Bowls, of course, including the time that they met head-to-head in Super Bowl 45 where the Packers beat the Steelers. That's the lone postseason matchup between these two franchises, which is kind of hard to believe. Now, I know they play in separate conferences, but still, with all the success that they have had over the years, Pittsburgh... And Green Bay has played 36 times in the franchise history. Shout out Jerome Bettis. Green Bay has won 20. The Steelers have won 16. So pretty evenly matched. Green Bay with an advantage, albeit only a four-game advantage. 20-16 to all-time. The Packers 
have uh, have the have the lead there. The series first began in 1933 with the Packers shutting out the Steelers in the first two matchups, the first two times that these two teams played. In fact, Green Bay won the first nine matchups between Pittsburgh and the Packers. The Steelers did not get their first win over Green Bay until 1947, 15 years, pardon me, 14 years after becoming a franchise. But dating back to 1998, so to the late 90s, the Steelers have now won five of the last seven against the Packers, if you include that Super Bowl 45 matchup. Green Bay did win the most recent meeting. Ah, look at that. The music looped, baby. We're in business. Let's go. The Packers did win the most recent meeting, right? Remember that 2021 game where Minka blocked the field goal and then they called him off sides, which was bogus. 27-17, to 17, that matchup in 2021 up at Lambeau. But the Steelers have won five straight home games now against, against the Green Bay Packers, including, remember, about a decade ago, that dramatic touchdown pass to Mike Wallace at the death, uh, including back in 2016 a... Just crazy performance by the Killer Bees, Ben Roethlisberger, Lev Bell, and Antonio Brown. There have been some memorable wins for the Steelers the last few times Green Bay has rolled into the North Shore. The Steelers are 3-2 and two at home this season. They're 7-4 and four at home overall with Kenny Pickett as the starting quarterback. Mike Tomlin has won 71% of his home games with the Pittsburgh Steelers in his 16 seasons. Green Bay, they are 1-3 on the road so far this season and have lost four of their last five games. The Steelers, well, you guys know this number. We've talked about it a lot. They're 12-5 and five in their last 17 games. The Steelers have a negative 30-point differential on the season, while Green Bay has a plus-one-point differential on the year. The Steelers, their opponents average 42.5 more rushing yards and 56 more passing yards per game than Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's opponents have produced 40 more first downs than the Steelers and have run 70 more plays. The Steelers' time of possession this season sits at an average of 27 minutes and 9 seconds per game compared to Green Bay's average at 28 minutes and 12 seconds per game. Now, only the Bengals have a better turnover differential than Pittsburgh, which is at plus 8 right now on the season. The Packers, nicked so good. They're at minus 2 on the year. Only two defenses have more than the Steelers' 16 takeaways, while Green Bay has taken the ball away eight times, half as much as the Steelers have here halfway through the season. Pittsburgh has a league-leading eight fumble recoveries compared to just three for the Packers. Meanwhile, the Steelers have only turned the ball over eight times. Both teams have lost two fumbles, which is tied for best in the NFL. The Steelers have a takeaway, get this, on 17.6% of their opponent's drives, which is the second highest in the NFL. Stranger stats, 17.6% of the time the opponent has a drive, the Steelers are taking that thing away. The Steelers are committing 5.8 penalties per game compared to 7.5 penalties per game for Green Bay, which is the highest in the league for the Packers. This results in 49 penalty yards per game uh, by the Steelers compared to over 60 for the Packers. But the Packers' opponents have committed uh, over 62 yards per game in penalties, which is the second most against for a team in the NFL. The Steelers' opponents averaging 59 penalty yards per game against the Steelers, which is sixth most in the National Football League. 
And while the Steelers generate just 2.6 points per average in the first quarter of games, Green Bay is producing just 1.6 points in the first quarter of games. Stranger stats. In the second quarter, Pittsburgh averaging 4.3 points per game. Green Bay, just 2.9, the worst in the NFL. So if you think the Steelers' offense has struggled in the first half, Green Bay's has been even worse. The Steelers are giving up just 8.1 points on average in the second half of games, while Green Bay scores an average of 15.5 points per game in the second half, which is the most in the NFL currently. In terms of yardage, Pittsburgh's offense is 31st in the first half, generating a little over 110 yards uh, in the first half of play. Green Bay's dead last at 32nd. The only team worse than the Steelers, averaging just 102.1 yards per first half. Stranger stats. You want a strange stat? The Packers, they average exactly four yards per rush attempt, and they allow exactly four yards per rush attempt. Stranger stats. Amongst qualified quarterbacks, Jordan Love has the worst completion percentage at 59.6 in the NFL. But there are only three quarterbacks that are worse than Kenny Pickett's 61.3, Jordan Love being one of them. Stranger stats. Here you go. Ready for this one? The Packers, when they have the ball on offense, their set of downs reach third down 53.5% of the time. That's 30th in the NFL, third worst in the league. The Steelers, they reach third down on their set of downs 54.2% of the time. 31st in the NFL, second worst in the league. Both of these teams struggling to stay ahead of the sticks. Stranger stats. 8.8% of the Steelers' plays have been run inside the red zone. That's 31st worst in the NFL, only ahead of the Arizona Cardinals. But the Steelers run against them, only have allowed 10.6 plays against them inside the red zone. That's the third lowest rate, the third best for a defense in the entire NFL. The Steelers' average drive on offense starts at their own uh, 26.3 yard line. Only the Cardinals have begun drives with worse starting field position on average this year. The Packers, their average starting position for their offense is at the 30.5 yard line, which is sixth best in the National Football League. And finally, of all the NFL opening day rosters this season, Green Bay is the youngest, averaging just a little over 25 years of age across that roster. Youngest in the NFL. The Packers, finally here. You want to hear a strange stat? They made 13 first-round draft picks since 2011. Every one of those selections was used on defense, except for the quarterback, Jordan Love. In the last 13 NFL drafts with their first-round pick, Jordan Love is the only offensive player taken by the Green Bay Packers. Stranger stats. There it is, this week's edition of Stranger Stats. What I do, you guys know this, I've shared it before, but just to you know, to be clear again, our guy Matt Williamson compiles a huge book of stats. You can read it on Steelers.com every single week. Uh, what I do is I go through there and I pick out some of the ones that I think are strange, some of the ones that I think are the best for this segment. But if you want the full body of work, if you want the whole kit and caboodle from our guy Matt Williamson, you can find that, as always, and all his other great work at Steelers.com.
Com. Wesley Euler with you here on Twitter is uh, is where you get at me if you want to get involved. Steeler Nation 920 tweets, Wes, how could you have your best shows this week when the bar is so extremely high you need a jet pack to get there? Well, thanks. I appreciate that. Like I said, I, I'm weird in that regard. I don't often leave the studio and get in my car and make the 30-minute drive home, 35-minute drive home thinking, man, that sucked. Man, that was terrible. Man, I feel bad for everybody that was listening to us or listening to me today. But it goes the other way, too, where I don't often get in the car and think, yeah, man, I had I had my stuff today, cousin. I was rolling. Usually I'm somewhere in between. I think, all right, this segment and that segment worked well. Okay, maybe this segment I was a little low on energy and I was a little scatterbrained and it wasn't my best. I am... I've told you guys before, I like to evaluate myself. It's the, you know, if you're if you're an athlete, how are you going to get any better? How are you going to improve if you don't watch your own tape? I think it's the same for people in the entertainment industry. If you're a musician, you know, you got to critique yourself. you got to go back and listen. And where did I play the right scales and where could I hit the notes better? You know, if you're if you're an athlete, you go back and you watch your film. Where did I make some plays? Where did I struggle? How do I correct it? You know, if you're a stand-up comedian, you would go back, I'm sure, and listen to your routine. And, okay, I really nailed this delivery, but this one I need to workshop a little bit. If you're an actor or an actress, ah, I did really well here, but maybe I could have done this differently. It's the same for me. I, now, I will say I don't – I mean, I used to listen to – when I first started doing this six years ago on air, and then my time in Philadelphia and my time in Ohio before that, I used to listen back to myself all the time. In fact, it would drive my wife crazy. She'd be like, what are you doing? Do you have to listen to every second of everything that you do? I'm not that critical. I'm not that, you know, evaluation process of myself anymore. But I still do a couple times a week, go back and listen to certain segments, certain hours, certain things. And how did that go? Was that as good as I thought it was? Was that as bad as I thought it was? That's all part of the process, baby. But I do appreciate you guys thinking that we've we've set a high bar. I like to think that we've set a high bar because Moats and I, we do care about this show. We don't just come in here, you know, turn on the microphone and, and we'll figure out where we go and we'll stumble around. You know, we, uh, we've we put some work into this over the six years and I hope we're reaping the reward of that and you all, the listeners, are as well too. At Wesley Euler is where you get at me on Twitter. We'll have more of your tweets as we roll along here in the show. I want to play some of those comments uh, from Kenny Pickett yesterday talking about this offense, talking about the Packers as well too. We'll hear from the quarterback when we return inside the electric factory here. It's just Euler with you today. Get involved with the program. Get those tweets in. We'll get to those before we get out of here. Some Kenny conversation as well. It's all happening on the Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Another doozy tonight on Thursday Night Football, I tell you. Bears, Panthers, oh baby, that really gets you jacked up. Is it, is it, tell me, tell me if I'm remembering this wrong, all right? Because some of you all do better with keeping your lives in order than I do, (laughs) but didn't we hear so much about this offseason about how games were going to get flexed at a, a more aggressive rate than we've ever seen before? And, 
We're not going to have these bad Thursday games, and we're not going to have these these you know these these juicy games, these best games of the weekend. Stay at one o'clock on Sunday. Am I crazy, or did we not hear a bunch of that this off season? They changed the flexing rules. They expanded it. Now you can start flexing games earlier than ever before. I mean, geez, the the, the game started becoming a subject of flexible scheduling for the Steelers back when they beat Baltimore. I mean, that game was the first eligible flex game of the season, and that was week five. Didn't we make a big deal about this? Didn't we make a big deal about Jeff Bezos and Amazon didn't pay a gazillion bajillion dollars to get a bunch of crappy Thursday games? Well, (laughs) bad news for you, Bezos and company. I just, I don't know. That's funny to me. I thought, and it doesn't sound like either of the Steelers games against Cleveland or Cincinnati are going to get flexed either, and I thought those would be prime candidates to move to at least 4.30, if not the primetime game from both their scheduled 1 o'clock slots. I'm not complaining. I've told you guys this before. I hope every Steelers road game starts at 1 o'clock because it's what's best for me. We get up, we go to work, we get on the plane, we're home, you know, not at 3 in the morning. Well, sometimes because it was a uh, – It was a 1 o'clock local game against the Rams, and it was like 2 a.m. before we got home. But that's on the West Coast. You get my point. We playing 1 o'clock in Cleveland, 1 o'clock in Cincinnati. I'm home by dinner time, baby. I'm home by 6.37. So I got no problem. I got no beef with that. Heck, I hope every Steelers game. I've said this before. I wish the Steelers would play the Ravens on Sunday night football at home every season. And then every other game for the Steelers started at 1 o'clock on Sunday. Now, I know that's not realistic. You have to play at least one Thursday game. The Steelers are always going to play at least one Monday night game because they're the Pittsburgh Steelers. Five-star matchup because we in it. But I just, I don't know. I'm looking at this Thursday night game. I'm looking at the lack of flexing so far. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, wait a second. Wasn't this a big talking point in the offseason? Didn't we hear so much about how the they were the league was going to be more aggressive with the flex than they've ever been before, particularly on you know some of these Thursday games and particularly with some of these one o'clock Sunday games? Hey, I don't know. I guess there's still a lot of football to be played to be determined. But uh, yeah, hey, Tyson Bagent, Bryce Young, that should be fun at least tonight to watch a couple young quarterbacks. One who was. A, uh, a top pick in the draft. The other who's an undrafted dude from the middle of nowhere, West Virginia. Gotta love it. Ain't that the duality of man? <laughs> uh, Tyson Bajant, first uh, first West Virginia quarterback to start a game in the – and I mean like born in the state of West Virginia, not WVU, uh, since – oh, wait, of course I'm drawing a blank right now um, – First, uh, since Joe Gilliam, that's right. There's the name I'm looking for. Joe Gilliam was the last one, 1974, when when Joe started a game for the Steelers. That was the uh, the last time a a West Virginia born quarterback uh, started in the NFL until Tyson Bajent. So you got Bajent, you got Stroud, to, or sorry, uh, Bryce Young. Pardon me. Tale of two different quarterbacks and two different collegiate careers and two different paths tonight on Thursday Night Football. I guess maybe at least that's something to sink your teeth into. Not really, I'll be asleep at halftime. Speaking of quarterbacks, Kenny Pickett, he speaks every Wednesday. Uh, I'm going to play a little bit of that, a couple minutes of that for you now. Here's Kenny Pickett talking about the Steelers' offense, where he thinks they're at, some improvements with the run game, what it's been like to have both George Pickens and Deontay Johnson in the fold, all these different things. Here's Kenny speaking yesterday. Kenny, when this offense is firing on all cylinders, what does it really look like? 
uh, balanced attack that can put up points, and you know we've shown it in spurts, and it hasn't been consistent enough. So we need to get we need to get consistent here um, going in this back half of the season. Do you feel like Thursday was as close as you guys have been to that? I think it was you know one of the times that you saw. It. I think you saw in the Rams game a little bit. There's there's spurts of it that we just haven't been able to you know put through four, four quarters, and that's what we're hunting for. Kenny, how did the success from the running game Thursday impact your game and the rest of what you're able to do from a passing standpoint? Yeah, it was huge. I, I thought the balance was there. Um, you know, 22 and 30 ran the ball great. The line was was uh, firing off the ball. They were protecting really well. Stayed clean majority of the game. Um, so that's that's kind of what we're, we're we're trying to get to here. Kenny, you see, are you working on anything specifically to trying to clean up anything to make as a group to make quarters one through three look like the fourth? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to say the same thing over and over again. It's consistency. We've shown that we can do it, but we don't do it consistently through those quarters that you know where where the, the lead could have been you know much greater heading that fourth where we didn't have to win it in the fourth. Um, yeah, so and that, that's really it. Sorry, yeah. I was just going to ask, how are you feeling? Is there any soreness there? Oh, no, I feel good. feel good, um, you know, staying with the trainers, doing some extra things to uh, make sure I'll be 100% on uh, Sunday. Kenny, to your earlier point, are you starting to see more of the spurts of that consistency or more glimpses of that? Really? We are. Yeah, we are. It was great to, you know, have that first drive and, and, and start strong and go down there and put and put seven points up quick. Um, it's just continuing that, you know, as we go in that first half. Kenny, following up on the run game question, George just said that against Tennessee that was the most he's seen the safeties come along during the game. Yep. Um, is that, first of all, what you saw before, and might that aid getting the ball to George more? Yeah, yeah, George and, and uh, you know, Tay and our other guys on the outside, when the safeties are stepping up, you know, we hit a nice one uh, to Tay down the sideline, a one-on-one situation. Uh, you know, had the shot at George in the red zone, which was good. Um, it's continuing to, you know, when we're running the ball that well and they have to bring that safety in the box, someone's going to be singled up and we can have those opportunities. And just to clarify, when did you start seeing that? About what point in the game did you start seeing them? Rough? Yeah, I, rough. I mean, t the second half, I mean, they started to turn a little bit when, when you're when you're gashing them for 10 to 15 yards um, on some of those good runs that Jay and, and Najee were having. Uh, we saw them start to rotate down a little bit more. Kenny, do you guys need to get George more involved? I mean, what, what kind of has to happen? Obviously, you're talking about the run game, but maybe what are some other things that can happen to get him back to where he was having the back-to-back? -back yeah, he's, he's, a, he's an unbelievable player. we got to give him the football. Um, you leave, if we leave him in the boundary, he's, it's a very easy place to get doubled. So moving him around, um, having him do some different things, um, not being a sitting target where they can count on him being in one place is, is a start. I mean, how do you like you guys are growing at how many plays you guys feel like you call it regardless of what team you're facing, you're going to have success in familiarity? Say that again, the start. Do you feel like you guys are developing more routine plays that you guys can call week in and week out that will get you guys success? Yeah, I think so. And that's what, as the season goes, you kind of build those plays, and, and now you're just dressing them up differently. And, you know, you, you see around the league, that's kind of, at this point in the season, you are what you are. You kind of feel good on those plays. Um, you dress them up and you get guys open different ways. So, yeah, we'll continue to do that. Kenny, you're having more success throwing out of play action in RPO this year. I mean, how do you cognizantly go approaching that and how much has that run game opened up those opportunities in play action in RPO? Yeah, it, it all starts with a run. And when that's working really well, you see the play action open up down the field and um, linebackers are stepping up, safeties are stepping up, and you're able to have some explosive plays or have some really good intermediate routes that get guys open. Kenny, how do you keep everybody happy? Everyone's competitive. It's, it's what you want. You know, you want guys that want the ball. You, you want guys that want to win. Um, I don't want to be out there with guys that aren't on that same wavelength as me and the rest of the guys out there. So uh, we'll continue to work through it. Guys will, guys will have their good games, and sometimes it'll be one guy, sometimes
sometimes it'll be the other, and that's just kind of how it, how it falls. But uh, we got to continue to get our guys the football. Kenny, when guys get frustrated, is that really a big deal or two at that point? Do you, you guys kind of understand? No, you, you understand it. it. It makes sense. You're not um, you're not questioning it. You understand why it's there. Um, you just want to continue to you know stay together. That's the biggest thing. Is that game you know went on in the fourth quarter? Um, the fact that we all stay together and found a way to win is a really important factor. Kenny, with Matt obviously being on the sideline last week, now that you've had some time to watch tape, reflect on how things went. Just what are your your takeaways? A little bit removed from it, and is that something that you think is going to help going forward? Yeah, I think the con- the the communication between me and Coach was great. Um, I think it was awesome after we had our conversation on what we want to do the next series. He was able to go kind of talk to each position group and kind of give them you know what we're looking to do that next drive. I think that, I think that was huge. So there's a lot of positives um, that came away from it. So I think we can continue to build on that. How often have you had a play caller on the sideline versus? Yeah, Coach Whip was on the on the uh, sideline and he gave me the play verbally. So I would jog over. I'm sure the Pitt fans remember I jog over and get the plays and jog back in. But that got me so ready to for the NFL. It was very similar hearing it in the headset. Um, and he came from the league, so it was comfortable for him doing it. So I have experience with it, um, and I think there's a lot of positives you get with uh, having the caller on the field. Any clear sort of identifiable traits about Green Bay's defense that you picked up? Is there a comp to another team you faced? Uh, I can't give you a comp, but I can just say that they're really strong up front. They got, I think, you know, it all starts in the trenches. I think they got a great, um, you know, front four. They do some different things. Um, their linebackers are really aggressive, run well. Um, some veteran safeties that make a lot of plays on the ball and some of their zone coverage have some really good instincts for the ball. Um, and then at corner, they have an elite corner in 23. Um, obviously, his, his resume speaks for itself. Um, so, you know, it's, it's another really talented defense. I think they're 10th in the league um, in points per game. So, you know, we have a challenge ahead of us. we got to come ready. Kenny, uh, when Charlie Batch was back up here, he used to go off to Ben and say, hey, you haven't hit this guy with a pass today yet. Ben would say, really? And they would throw the wide receiver screen to him. Is that kind of information helpful? Do you, do you need stuff like it that? It is, yeah, it is, absolutely. I mean, whenever, if, if something happens like that where it's something that I haven't picked up on because there's a lot of things going on in the game and I'm just trying to go out there and execute. And um, yeah, if we get that information to get a guy a touch, absolutely. Kenny, did you see what LeBron said over the weekend about comparing the Lakers to the Steelers and, and winning on the league, being outgained and things like that? Yeah, he said outscored. I was like, I don't know how that went. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's funny. As long as you find ways to win, that's all that matters. No doubt about that. And that is one thing that Kenny Pickett has found a way to do. 12 and 8, the starter. Right, as Marco tweeted us earlier, uh, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, just the enigma that is Kenny Pickett, the mystery that is Kenny Pickett to this point. As uh, Joe Pesci would say, Man, it's, it's a mystery. It's a mystery wrapped in a riddle inside an enigma. <laughs> it really is. There's so much you can point to on an optimistic side. There's plenty you can point to on a pessimistic side. Again, that gets me back to what I've been saying about Kenny. I know we're not going to do it because I know that's not how fandom works. I know that's not how media works. But we really should be having these bigger picture conversations at the end of this season. Give him nine more starts. At that point, he'll have two years under under his belt. He'll have, what, 29 starts in his NFL career, plus a potential playoff game or, two, or a couple, right? That could always happen. He could be into the 30s. Uh, I think you have a, a much better evaluation pool, you know, there, a much better 30,000-foot view to to analyze and to go off of as opposed to what we try and do and make every single snap, every single throw, every single drive, every single quarter, every single game the end-all, be-all. But, you know, you're always going to be a lightning rod when you play quarterback in the NFL. 
particularly for the Pittsburgh Steelers, particularly when you're following Ben Roethlisberger and it's the first time you've really had quarterback debates in this town in, in two decades, particularly when you played your college football at Pitt and led them to their best season they've had since Dan Marino 40 years ago, particularly when you're a first-round pick, all these different reasons. I understand why he's the lightning rod. I know it's not going to change, but that's why you all tune in here for the nuance and for the Joe Pesci. Man, it's, it's a mystery. It's a mystery wrapped in a riddle inside an enigma. On Twitter, at Wesley Euler, we'll close down with your tweets to end the show as we always do. You know where to get at me. Last chance to get involved or hold your peace until tomorrow, you knuckleheads. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Final segment of the Blitz here on a Thursday. Last reminder, got a jam-packed show for you tomorrow. I'm excited. We'll have a special guest host in with me for the whole show. We will catch up with our buddy Brian Backo, as we always do on a Friday. We'll show you the money. I'll do my best Professor Motes and give you the five-star matchups of the weekend. We'll sing the Here We Go song. And, of course, we will give our predictions and get to yours as well. Always fun on a Friday, so make sure you're joining us at high noon tomorrow as we close out the week with some momentum heading into that matchup against the Green Bay Packers. Now it is time for us to close out this show, and you know what we do. We hand it over to you. The time is yours. Time's yours. Thank you, Big Red. Uh, Joey tweets and says, didn't former WVU quarterback Chad Johnson play in an NFL game? Preseason, Joey. And uh, and again, remember, it's Tyson Bagent, first West Virginia-born quarterback since Joe Gilliam in 1974. And yes, Chad Johnson, not to be confused with Ocho Cinco, Chad Johnson, different one here, uh, Did is from the state of West Virginia, and he... Had a season with, I wouldn't say the Carolina Panthers in the NFL before moving on to the Arena Football League, where he actually, I think he won an Arena Football League championship and had a pretty decent career there. But he was with the Panthers. He played in preseason games, but I'm talking start a regular season NFL game like Tyson Bagent has done and is going to do tonight. Two rookies, again, with him and Bryce Young kind of at the different ends of the spectrum. You know, Bryce Young, the big school guy from Alabama, the top five pick, you know, in, in, in the draft. Or was he six or seven, the top 10 pick in the NFL draft. No, I think he was third, wasn't he? Or second, wasn't he? He was second overall. I, he was at the very top of the list. Tyson Bagent was not. He was a D2 kid from Little uh, little Shep, West Virginia. Um, and, uh, yeah, I always like those kind of juxtapositions. You've got the the top pick quarterback from the big school. You've got the the undrafted guy from the, from the small school, from the middle of nowhere that nobody's heard of. Eh, those types of stories are always fun, and I guess that's the, the lone thing that we'll, uh, we'll sink our teeth into for this less than thrilling Thursday night football matchup tonight. Trey tweets and says, little off topic here, but I'm super excited for the game this weekend. I went to Keanu Benton's rival high school, knew that guy was special coming out of Wisconsin, hoping he has an impact this weekend to really put the cherry on top. Yeah, I mean, hey, it's it's a, it's a homecoming type, and I know the game's here in Pittsburgh, but right, uh, four guys like Keanu Benton, Isaiah Loudermilk, our own TJ Watt as well too. 
you know, those guys, Wisconsin guys, I think all those guys were Packers fans growing up as well, too. Um, there's always been that story before about how the Packers passed on TJ Watt in the draft, right? And um, now how you see the player that he's become and what the Steelers were able to turn him into and one of their kind of own uh, homegrown cheeseheads there getting away. Um, but, yeah, Keanu Benton, I tell you what, he's had some great moments. thought he played really well on Thursday. I thought Thursday against the Titans and then earlier in the season against the Raiders, uh, Benton has really stood out in those games, and that's been good. This is the time of year where you want your rookies to be on the rise and they're starting to figure it out and things are slowing down for them a little bit and they're getting more comfortable. I think we've seen that from Keanu Benton. Hopefully that does uh, continue in a little uh, – Again, it's you can't call it a homecoming because the game is here, but you get what I'm saying uh, against the Packers. Good call there by Trey. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure Keanu Benton playing high school football in Wisconsin. Not the poo-poo high school football in Wisconsin. It's good football. But, you know, it's not. it ain't Texas or, or, or something like that. I'm sure he stood out, and I'm sure he looked special without a doubt. Big Ron tweets and says, does Minka come back before the Bengals game? Also, what's your favorite Will Ferrell movie? Uh, Bengals game, I think yes. I think the real question for Minka, I know they've left the door open for him to to use the terminology for this Sunday. I think it really starts to become a question for Minka against Cleveland. I think that's the real chance for him to to return against the Browns. If not that game uh, in Cleveland, I think certainly the next week against Cincinnati. But as Motsi has outlined on the program before, you always got to be careful with those soft tissue things. Uh, because if you don't let those properly heal, heal all you're going to do is is put yourself right back with with a bigger setback on the uh, on the sideline on the injury list. Favorite Will Ferrell movie, and man, that's a tough one, isn't it? It's old school for me. And as I say that, right, I'm I'm thinking about it, but that was my first answer. And you guys know I like to go with the gut on these things, but I mean, Will Ferrell, you want to talk about his resume? Who you want to talk about a CV cousin? I mean, Anchorman, Step Brothers, uh, old school. Elf, Talladega Knights, uh, other guys, Zoolander, uh, semi-pro, Blades of Glory. I mean, he just he's got hit after hit after hit. I'm sure I'm forgetting a couple in there as well too. Uh, Kicking and screaming deserves a shout. The producers deserves a shout. Uh, some of his smaller stuff, like the cameos that he made in Austin Powers, right? Um, I mean, dude, he's he's got himself a heck of a resume, and I'm sure I'm forgetting a couple that I should be shouting out here. I'm going to go with old school, though. That was the first answer that came to mind, so that's the one that I'm going to go with. Me tweets and says, Dr. Westman, three questions. Number one, what's the biggest complaint you hear in the press box during Steelers games? So to be fair, me, I'm like in the radio booth, right? I am... And I pop around the press box. I go and say hi to our friends. You know, I go and say hi to Dale Lawley. And I go and say hi to Brian Bacco and Chris Carter and everybody who's in the press box, right? But I'm in the booth with just Wolf and Billy and then, you know, our producer Dan Quinlan and a couple of the spotters as well, too, who spot for Billy. You know, Max and Missy are in and out, but during the course of the game, they're down on the sidelines. And, you know, Pursuta and Jerry Dulac and Bob Labriola and Dale, those guys are all in and out as well, too, throughout the course of the game. But biggest complaints for the press box that you would normally hear, uh, vantage point sometimes now, the Steelers is perfect. The Steelers is one of the best in the league. The press box is, you can't get much of a better vantage point. It's in the middle of the stadium right near the middle of the field, it's about as good as you can get. But, you know, a lot of these places, you're in the corner of the end zone and you can barely see anything. 
you know, that's the way it is in in Miami, for example. Um, some of the vantage points aren't the greatest. You hear a lot about that. You hear a lot about the good or the bad of the food. You hear a lot. You know what? You hear a lot about officiating too, me. And that always makes me laugh because you got people who are, you know, covering the the most physical, most violent, the toughest game in the world, right? You've got a lot of ex-players who are in press boxes who are, you know, played the toughest and most violent game in the world. And all they want to do is complain about the officials. Not to be critical. Number two from me is, what the heck is this mayo coffee thing all about? I'm too old for this nonsense. Yeah, me too, me. You know, it's all from the Will Levis, and he say he puts mayo in his coffee back when he was in school at Kentucky and leading up to the draft process. That was something that, you know, he was saying in interviews and stuff like that. I'm sure he has put mayo in his coffee. I'm sure he probably doesn't hate it when he puts mayo in his coffee. I seriously doubt, and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, that Will Levis is putting mayo in his coffee every single time. It's probably just a goofy thing that he does occasionally for a laugh. But I'm also too old for that nonsense. I'm willing to try most food things or drink things at least once, but I got no time for mayo and coffee. Nonsense. Number three. A Godzilla-sized Steely McBeam versus a Godzilla-sized Philadelphia Eagles Eagle Dude mascot. Who wins? Ooh, now me, that would be a real test in power versus finesse, wouldn't it? Because Steely McBeam, you would think, has the strength and the power and just the, you know, the raw demolition ability where a Godzilla-sized Philadelphia Eagle Swoop, I believe is his nickname, if I'm remembering correctly from my time out in Philly, He'd be he'd have the agility and the speed and be able to move around quickly. It'd be an interesting one. It'd be a real kind of finesse versus power matchup. I think it, I'd go with Steely McBeam because he'd just need to land one punch and that would be it, right? But that would be that would be a clash in styles. You know, they say styles make fights. That would be a clash in style for sure. Last one here, Tyler, Steeler Nation nine twenty tweets. The bread is buttered, just waiting for Sunday to make my grilled cheese heads. <laughs> Tyler circled. This is like the backyard brawl for Tyler, right? Tyler, a Steelers fan, living around all Packers fans. That's like me whenever WVU and Pitt play. Tyler's ready to go, baby. He's fired up. He's grilling cheese heads on a Thursday. Tyler wants to know, what's the one hit in NFL history implanted in your mind? Ooh. Again, gut reaction. First thing when you said that was Ryan Clark on Willis McGahee. I mean, I could still hear that one. Ooh, gives me the shivers. How about Jerome Bettis over Brian Urlacher as well, too? I know that's not in the traditional hit sense that we think in the NFL. But that's one that jumps off the page as well. Best kind of French fry? Oh, man. The, 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 the one that's in front of me? The one that's on my plate? Tyler says, I got to say seasoned waffle fries. And what is one food that you eat that everyone thinks is gross? Oh, man, these are these are heavy food questions to get me out of here, Tyler. Yeah, best kind of French fry. I just like regular salted French fries, you know, like McDonald's style, if you will. But, man, I got time for them all. Curly, waffle, steak, tater tot, hash brown. I'm a spuds kind of guy, cousin. The best French fries are the ones that are crispy and right in front of me. Maybe with something good to dip them in as well, too. And then what's one thing that I eat that everyone thinks is gross? I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe just I'm adventurous with food. Like, I eat sushi pretty regularly. A lot of people don't mess with sushi. I love Thai food. I love Indian food. 
a lot of people don't like curry and some of those spices and some of those dishes. So that's probably the answer. I Everyone doesn't think those. I don't eat something extreme all the time. Like, dude, like put mayo in my coffee that everyone thinks is gross. I ain't that extra. But I also, again, I'm not a very picky eater. So there's a lot of stuff that I that I do eat that I would eat, like sushi, like some spicy Indian food, like some of the Thai food that might just not, you know, quite be on the on the palate of everybody. I think that's the right answer. Again, with these types of questions, these are the things I always get in the car 10 minutes from now, and I'm like, oh, I should have said this. How did I forget about that? But woe is me. That is the blessing and the curse, I guess, of doing live radio and doing it live. Thanks to everybody who joined me today. Thanks to everybody who tweeted the show as well, too. You know, I always appreciate the H-E double hockey sticks, Addy Yins, for being involved with me, but particularly when I'm riding solo. Tomorrow I will not be riding solo. We got a guest host with me in here for the full two hours. We'll have some fun with all the Friday fixins that you expect. Take care now. Bye-bye then. I'm Wesley Euler, and you've been listening to the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Man, my holiday bills are almost as hard to get rid of as my in-laws. I guess my budget will be my New Year's resolution again. Hi there, friendly S&T banker here. The aftermath of the holidays can be tough. Have you thought about using the equity in your home to consolidate your debt? I can do that? Yep, home equities are one of the lowest cost financing options. At S&T Bank, we can help you, so you can have a financial fresh start. Stop by a branch or visit stbank.com to learn more. S&T Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender.